So as we continue this series that we started just a few weeks ago, a series titled On Purpose, as we're focusing on, on Romans chapter 12, and, and just as I said, that uh, again, Romans 12 is not an evangelistic chapter at all. In fact, if we look through the book of Romans, he, they, he builds up the first kind of first part of, of the, the book uh, up through chapter 10 is, is all very evangelistic, and he shares the gospel very clearly, and then we see it transitions uh, into through 11 and then into 12, where it looks what our life will look like as a follower of Jesus. Once we have joined the journey of faith, how do we move forward, right, and continue to be more like Christ every day? And, and, and uh, as we start this new year off, start 2022, every new year comes with a, a motivation, right, to say like, yeah, this year is going to be better than the last one. And, and we all know, even for the last few years, we have a, a, a lot bigger hope, right, that this next year is going to be better, and as we look at that, we were just looking at how does Scripture tell us to live our lives as a follower of Jesus? How, does, how can we live our lives on purpose? And not just not on purpose for, to glorify us, but on purpose to glorify our Lord and our Savior. And, and, and knowing that, again, life's not about me as a follower of Jesus anymore. It is about God. It is about building his kingdom. And as we see, um, he starts off here with this opening thoughts here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So if you have uh, your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Romans chapter 12. If you're with us in person, don't have your own Bible or Bibles provided for you in, in the seats that you can use. You'll notice the page numbers on there where you can find it in those Bibles. If you're with us online, we're glad to have you with us as well. And uh, if you have your Bible close, you can open up with us. If not, you can just listen as I read it. Um, but we're going to read uh, the first two verses and the last verse of Romans chapter 12, where it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you, and let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable, and this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we see the rest of the chapter, he goes into all these different areas of our life. And again, as we've covered these areas, and then he, the, the summary of the entire chapter in verse 21, where he says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Again, as we look at this, these foundational truths and, and, and the, this intro into these different areas of our life that Paul addresses in the rest of chapter 12, um, again, we see that, that right, that we have already given up our, ourselves to God. We are our believers. And now he says, now this is the next step. This is how you truly worship God, right? It's to offer up your body as a holy living sacrifice, right? To let the Holy Spirit transform you and to change you and move you forward in your faith journey. And to be more like Christ tomorrow than we are today. And, and as we've been going through this series, we see that this, this chapter addresses four different areas of our life. And, and we started week one with how we use our time, are we using our time on purpose for God? And then last week, we looked at our money, and, and are we using our money? Are we managing God's money for his glory and his purpose in our lives? Um, and, and then today, we are to the, the third one, uh, which is our talents and our abilities. And, and as, as we look at this one, we, we understand and, and, and know, right, that, that, um, that God made us on purpose. And again, God's our creator. He made us the way we are on purpose. And, and as, as we realize that, we know, right, that, that God is our creator, that his, his fingerprints, his, 
are all over us, right? And, and not just us as individuals, which is absolutely true, but, but also over all of his creation. And, and again, we are, are made in his image, and, and he made us for a purpose. And, and I want to jump right back into Romans 12. Um, and look at verses uh, 6 and 8, because this is probably the topic out of all four of these that, that he addresses the, the most clearly in Romans 12. And like I said, he addresses all of them uh, there. But, but let's look at, when we look at our talents and abilities um, and how we should be using those for God's glory, uh, we're just going to jump right back into Romans 12 as we look at verses 6 through 8, where he says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now this is one of the uh, one of the places in scripture, in the New Testament scripture, where we see some of the different spiritual gifts literally listed out. And, and when we see that, just kind of the foundation of spiritual gifts about how God made you and about the personality that he gave you and the gifts that he gives you, there's a few kind of things that we need to understand about spiritual gifts and about the way that God has made us and wired us. Okay, first off, even as we read it here, which is, is true in the other passages that describe spiritual gifts as well, is we start with just the foundational truth that God is the one that gives the gifts, right? That God is the source of the gifts, that, that, that his spirit, right, is the presence in our lives, because when we receive Christ as our Savior, then the Holy Spirit lives in us. It indwells us. In fact, that's a big part of the new covenant of grace, right? Because before that, right, in the old covenant, the first covenant, the covenant of the law, God's presence was in the temple. It was in the Holy of Holies which is very significant in Scripture, and we see that even described in the Gospels of, of at Jesus' death on the cross, right, that, 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 the, that the veil was torn. There was a veil that was, that, that was in the temple, right, that, kept, that separated us from God's presence because in our sinful condition we couldn't be in the presence of God, right? But, but with his death and with his resurrection, Jesus changed that, right? He rushes in the new covenant of grace, and that's why that veil was torn because now God's presence is, lives in the heart of every believer. He is no longer, you know, um, just in the Holy of Holies in the temple. And, and, and this Holy Spirit does a lot for us in our lives. In fact, if we look uh, through Scripture, I mean, there's lots of places it describes, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is gives us these gifts. And, and God is the source of the gifts. And God created you, and he created you on purpose, and he created you for a purpose exactly the way you are. And just as we see in this passage that God has designed you for certain things, and you're not going to be good at everything. In fact, Scripture is kind of clear, right, that, that God decides who gets which gift, and that every believer doesn't get every gift. In fact, there are 23 spiritual gifts that are described in Scripture. Now, God absolutely can give somebody all 23. I mean, that's absolutely within God's power, right, but he typically doesn't. In fact, um, that's one of the things we do in Journey Class 3 as we go through this spiritual growth classes is you literally take a test, right, that tells you um, 
where you land, right? Like which one's more or less. And, and, and to say that um, is that those are pretty fluid though. They can change, right? Based on, on your growth as a Christian and, and on, on this, the season of your life and what God needs you to accomplish with your abilities and talents. And, and again, God gives the gifts. He can decide and he chooses who gets which gift and when. And, and as we see that, right, he is the source of it. And so when we receive Christ our Savior, right, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and through that Spirit, then these gifts start to manifest themselves in your life. Which means, if we can logically think, if we work through that, that the closer to God you are, the more the gifts will come out. Right? As we move forward in our faith journey, that we become more like Christ, the more that, that these gifts will tend to come out, right, and the more that we'll be able to use those. And the more that your gifts come out and the more that you live into your purpose and the way that God made you, the more alive you feel. Right? Because we all know, right, we've been in those situations and when, when you feel like you're just spinning your wheels, right, you're not making any progress in life or in a task or in whatever it is, and we get frustrated in that time, right? But yet, if we live into the purpose that God gave us, and the more, the more we become like Christ, the more we, we use those gifts, right, for God's glory, the more alive we feel. Because at the end of the day, who is the author of life? God. Right? And so the more we use the gifts that God gives us, the more that we live in to, to the, the purpose that God made us for, the closer to God we get, and the more alive we will feel, and the more fulfilled we are. And yet we can look through our culture and see that people are chasing after all kinds of things. And yet so many times those things end up being empty. Right? And yet the more that we grow in our faith, the more that we move forward in our faith, the more we become like God, the more full we feel. Right? Because God is not empty. Right? And as we realize that, but we, again, it starts with knowing that God is the source of the gifts. He is the author of life. And the more that I live into the personality that he gave me, the more that I use the gifts that he has blessed me with, the more alive I will feel. And those gifts do mix with your personality. We can look at, at, at somebody who has exactly the same spiritual gifts as you, but if their, their personality is different, then those gifts will come out in a different way. Right? They will manifest themselves differently. And that's exactly the way that God designed it, because we understand, right, that, 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 that God's people are not all the same. Again, we can just look around and know, right, that, that God is, is, a, is a creative God. God has, has given us all kinds of different personalities. And again, we can, you can look not just like spiritual gifts, but you can also take all kinds of personality tests, right? There's, there's just all these things out there, whether it's, it's the disc test, right, or the Enneagram, or the, you know, the, there's an animal one. I mean, there's, like, we've, we've tried to come up with all these different ways to describe these different personalities and mixes of ways um, that, that God has made us, but, but yet we know that we're not all the same. Right? We know that we have different personalities. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, like, yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. We all already knew that. Right? And, and, and it is obvious, right, that we're not all the same and that we have different personalities. Some are extroverted, some are introverted, some are people-oriented, some are, are task-oriented. I mean, there's all these different things about our personalities. And the more that we even learn about our personalities and the way that they interact with our gifts, again, the, the more fulfilled you will feel as you live and live into your purpose. 
right? Because it's not just about what spiritual gift you have, but it is also about your personality. Because the same gift with a different personality will show different results. Hey, now, as you see this, and we got to know this, and we, we understand this, but again, it's another thing to see it play out in reality, right? And yet it becomes, it becomes really obvious sometimes once you kind of know that. And for those of you that have been a part of Organdrail for a long time, those of you that, that knew, again, the pastor that was here before me, his name is Pastor Don Bertelson. A great pastor, a great man, um, just what great family. Again, he led this church well. And to say that, though, is that him and, him and I have very different personalities. Hey, and yet him and I also have exactly the same spiritual gifts. And now, and to see that is God used those gifts and used his personality to lead this church to the season that he was there, and, and he, 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 he was, you know, um, led there, and he did what God did, and he led well, right? And then, but then he's also a wise man to know that, that it was time for him, you know, to move on, and, and then he passed the baton to me, right, leadership of this church. And, and again, we had exactly the same spiritual gifts, but actually our, our personalities are pretty opposite. And, and, and now, as we've seen, as God, that, that God uses those same gifts, but with a different personality, right, for a different season. And, and we see that, again, to, but it still comes down to the fact that God is the one that gives the gifts, and that, that, that we're not all the same. And that's a good thing, by the way, that we're not all the same. It's a good thing that we don't all have the same personality. It's a good thing that we don't all have the same gifts, right? Because God, again, has a design, and he sees what we all need to contribute. And, and as we look at, at, at the, our gifts and our talents and abilities, um, I, I want to uh, flip over to, uh, to Matthew chapter 25. Hey, so if, if you're following along with your Bibles, I just encourage you to like, leave your finger or something in Romans 12 because we're going to come back there hey, uh, again. But, but if we flip over to Matthew 25, this is a, is a, a, a pretty um, famous, familiar parable. Okay? This is the parable um, of the three servants. In fact, as I looked at it, last week when we talked about money, I used a verse out of this parable. This is uh, the story that Jesus tells of, uh, of a master, right? And, and, and he, ha- he entrusts some money to three different servants. And, and he gives um, you know, five talents of, of money to one servant. He gives two talents of money to, to another servant. He gives one talent to a third servant. And then he tells them just to use his money. He's going away for a long time. Like, be good managers of it. Okay? And and again, it uses the word talent. And again, we can see this applies not just to money. And again, I used it last week for money. But it also applies in just talent. I mean, you, you can apply the, that Greek word can be applied in several different ways. And, but the point being, right, that it was God's and he, he entrusted it to his servants. And he expected them to do something with it. And, and just as the story goes, again, we're not going to read the whole parable. But as, I, I encourage you to do that if you're not familiar with it. Um, but again, so he leaves, right? And, and, just, and, then, and he's gone for an, an undetermined amount of time. And then, and then Jesus says that the story goes, right, that the, the master returns. And, and then he calls in the servants and says, now what have you done with what I gave you? Hey, but now, as we start out with that, just, I want to point out in verse 15 in this parable, right, where it says he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now, again, like we know the part, again, we know that they all get a different amount through that, but, but the, the part that is easy to overlook 
right, is why they all got different amounts. Okay, why did they? Okay, notice, I mean, he, Jesus tells us, doesn't he? I mean, literally, it's right in the verse. He says, again, you see that phrase. It says he's dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And so we can see, again, already we know, right, that not everybody's the same. Right? And the, and, and the master knew that. Because he gave them different amounts in according to their abilities. Now, of course, the master knows what their abilities are because he made us. Okay, and, and, and yet, he, he also knows that we're not all the same, right? And, and, and as he divided it in proportion to their abilities. Now, now I, I heard another pastor kind of teach on this. And it was kind of in a different context, not about necessarily using our accounts abilities. But the interesting thing that he pointed out, right, is that there's been lots of studies about people and about those that are successful in life and not, and about how they make decisions, about all these different things. And the interesting thing he talked about is that, that most people tend to overestimate their own abilities. Hey, now, I know, this is a shock to all of us, isn't it? Hey, because we know from here, right, Jesus is teaching us that there, there is, there's one talent people, there's two talent people, and there's five talent people. And again, I don't know the exact statistics, and I'm not going to, you know, throw them out there because I don't know the actual numbers. But, but the, I mean, this, he was saying that, right, that, that traditionally, if we just look at it honestly, that the majority of the population are kind of two talent type of people. And that's really where most people fall. Now, now we know that they're, again, intelligent, uh, uh, you know, genius level, whatever it is. There are some five-talent people out there, right, that, that have with their, their, their talents, their abilities, their knowledge, their intellect, their, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? But yet, most people tend to view themselves as a five-talent person. Right? And, and, but yet, the, the, the truth is that kind of the majority of our world population are, are kind of two-talent people. Now, again, they're... And nobody ever thinks they're a one-talent person, right? And again, I think that's probably pretty understandable, right? But again, I think that to say that is I think there probably really are, I mean, personal opinion and even just watching, right, is I feel like there's probably very few actually like one-talent people. But, like, but I think, the, again, the vast majority fill into the two-talent two level. Now, now, the interesting thing is, is, is what happens, what these servants do. Okay, now, the, the, the first two servants, the, the five-talent servant and, and the two-talent servant, um, they, as the master returns, they come back, and they get exactly the same response from the master. Okay, and, and this is kind of the most, the most probably famous part of this parable, right? As the master comes back, um, the, the five-talent person has doubled it, brings back ten. Uh, the the, 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 the two-talent person brings back two and has also doubled it, so it ends up with four. And both of these servants bring that back, and they get exactly the same response from the master, right? And the master says, well, you guys know it, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. And, and, and you know, what's really interesting about that is that, is that the, the God's view of them does not change based on their results, right? On the fact that one came back with four and one came back with ten. That was irrelevant to how the master responded to them. Right? They both got a well done, a good and faithful servant. And, and yet, how many times do we look at the results of our lives and we compare them to somebody else and we feel bad about what we're doing? Again, think about that, that, that two-talent servant, right? I mean, it would have been very easy for that two-talent servant to, to look at the, at the five-talent guy, right, with his ten bags of silver and be like, man, I, I failed, right? Because I, I only have four. 
I stink. Everybody knows that's not what God told him at all, is it? See, and the problem with that is not the actual results of their life, right, or their effort, or the use of the talent abilities. The problem with that is that they were focused on the wrong thing. Right? They were focused on comparing themselves to somebody else, not on what the way that God viewed them. Right? And that could be a very, very, um, something we got to be very careful about, whether you're a five-talent person or a two-talent person, is don't compare yourself and your use of your talents and your gifts and your abilities to someone else. Okay? Because every time you compare to someone else, you lose. Every time you compare yourself to somebody else, you, you, you lose. I, I, unless maybe you're a bully. Right? But, but uh, think about it, that's even like that's truly the motivation of most bullies, isn't it? To d- demean somebody else to make themselves feel better. Right? I, I, and yet when you, when you think about that, right, it's every time you compare, you end up losing. And that, this is why we see, and this is my own theory, but this is why I feel like that depression and anxiety and, and all of these mental health things are getting continually worse in our culture because the more that we live our lives on screens and the more that we, we post our highlight reels on social media, the more that we're constantly comparing ourselves with what everybody else posts. And see, the, the, the problem is that it's fake. Right? Because what we post on social media is not the whole story. Right? What we post on social media is the highlight reel. Because, right, again, think about, mo- for most people, how many pictures do you take, you know, that you don't post? And, and again, what's the ratio, right, between, between what you take and what you actually post? It's very small, right? And so, so all we see from other people on social media is their highlight reel. And then we look at our behind-the-scene footage of our life because we see the whole part of our life, and we think, man, I stink. Like, I'm terrible. Right? And it just it feeds you know, this negative perspective of ourselves. And, and so every time you compare, you lose. And, and, and again, we see both of these servants, regard, not relevant to their, to their actual um, gain, got the same response from the master. They, and, but they weren't the same, and that was the way that God designed it. So we can't compare ourselves to others. We have to go back to the master right, and say, what does the master say about me? Right, how does he see me? Right, am I using my abilities and my talents and my personality for, for his glory, not mine? And then we look at the third servant. Okay, now, the third servant didn't do anything with his money. Okay, and that, that's the way it concludes. Right? He comes back. I mean, he literally buried it. I mean, and that's exactly what it says. He just, he hid it. Right? And then the master comes back, he goes back and gives it, and, and he, he, he just gives the one bag back. Hey, now, the, the interesting thing about the third servant is there is no mention of him comparing himself to the other servants. And so, again, he didn't compare, at least not according to the story. But it's interesting the way he does respond. So in Matthew 25, verses 24 and 25, it says, then the servant with the one bag of silver came back and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. And so I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Now again, again, I just want to challenge us to say, why 
did he not do anything with the money? Okay, and, and we see again, he, I mean, he says why. Okay, now, now, the reality, though, again, as we look at it, just like the other one, it's easy to kind of overlook some of these little smaller details of this parable. Right? And, and when we do that, right, we, we, un- we see that, that it really wasn't even his fear of God that held him back. It absolutely was fear that held him back. Okay, but it wasn't even a fear of God, because even when he, and that's kind of on the surface of what it seems like, right? He's like, no, because God, I knew that you're, you're, you're you know, a harsh man, right? You take, and basically, he's, he's just showing what, how much he respects God, right? That God, you're powerful, right? Like, I, you're kind of scary, and like, I, I just, you know, like, I, I just know, it's, it's actually kind of a reverence, right, of God that he describes here. Okay, and, and, but notice, so again, that's not even necessarily why he did what he did. It was a healthy respect for God. He knew that God was powerful, and he knew that God would hold him accountable. Notice why the real motivation of why he did what he did. He says, I was afraid I would lose your money. Circle the the second I. Okay, where was his fear really placed? In himself. Right? He, he had a, a healthy reverence for God. He had a lack of self-confidence. Right? That's why he did what he did. Again, he, he was not looking at that and saying, but God, even as a one-town servant, right? Like, like he has gifts, he has abilities, he has a purpose, right? And, and God entrusted him with, with the money, Right? And God knew there was hope and potential for that servant. Otherwise, he would have given him nothing. But what held him back was not a fear of God. It was a fear of himself. He didn't believe that he was created on purpose and for a purpose. And that he was loved by God, absolutely not based on his own performance. And that God believed in him. Because that's all true of all three servants. You are the way you are on purpose. No matter whether you're a one-talent servant, a two-talent servant, or a five-talent servant, you are the way you are. God made you on purpose, and he loves you more than you can imagine just the way you are. And God has a purpose for you to accomplish. And he has set you up perfectly to be successful with your personality, with your giftings, with the season of life, with the resources you have at hand, with everything that's in front of you. He has set you up perfectly to be successful. The talents and and abilities that you have personally were given to you by God on purpose and for a purpose. And so as we realize that, I already know that that God, again, has entrusted us with so much, right? And, And he set us up perfectly to be successful in our life and in our faith. And so now then we have to ask the question, how should I really use my abilities for God's glory? Right, again, that, that's, that's the difference, right, between a saved person, a follower of Jesus, and someone who's not, right, is because they will use their talents and abilities for their own glory. But as a follower of Jesus, right, that's what we do. That's the message of the gospel, that we die to ourselves. Right, we take ourselves off the throne of our life and we put God on it, which means we're living for him and not for me. Right, that when we join the journey of faith, when we pray and accept Christ as our Savior and invite him into our life and receive his grace and his love and forgiveness, right, and, and, and not only do we get our salvation, but we also get the transforming 
Holy Spirit indwelling us that's going to change the way we think right, and transform our hearts. And we start to move in a different direction. We start moving on a new journey, a journey towards the cross instead of away from it. And that's where we start, right, is by accepting Christ as our Savior. And then the next step after we accept Christ is saying, now how am I going to live for God's glory? How am I going to use my abilities and talents that he's given me to, to not just grow myself, right, and to feel more alive, but also to, to build his kingdom, not my own. And so it's sandwiched around in Romans chapter 12, sandwiched around this, this verses 6 through 8, it is Paul gives us some, some important advice, right? And in this verses 6 through 8, we already looked at, right? It's specific to each gift, right? He's like, if you're a teacher, then teach, right? If you're whatever, like, right, he, he goes through specifically to those, that are to each specific individual people. Okay, the other advice that's around it is general advice to every believer. Okay, and, and the, the first one um, that we learn from this is that we need to use our gifts with a humble spirit. Okay, use our gifts with a humble spirit. Okay, this, this is found in, in Romans 12, verse 3. Okay, he says, because of the privilege and it, and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Okay, now, there's a couple really significant things in this. One is that this is a very stern warning, right? Saying that if you don't do this, you're going to head down a dangerous road. Okay, now, the other part of this, right, is is we see, um, again, that, that how are we supposed to evaluate ourselves? He says, don't, don't, he says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves against what? By the faith that God has given us. Right? Meaning that now what we compare ourselves to is God, not other people. Right? That it's not about me being better than you. It's about me being like Christ. Right? And, and we all now, we evaluate ourselves on a different scale. Right? Now, and, and the only reason I'm going to look at you and your faith and value is to say, how can I help you be more like Christ, just like I'm becoming more like Christ? Right? And how are we going to grow on this journey together? Right? But, but how I evaluate myself is not based on somebody else. It is based on me, on me and how I'm moving forward to be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. Uh, and am I doing it for God's glory and not my own? And God is the standard we compare to. And my motivation for everything is to glorify God, not to glorify myself. And that's exactly what he means by a humble spirit. Right? Now, again, I'll just say, and again, I could go deeper. I'm just going to say it and move on. But there's a huge difference between confidence and arrogance. Okay? And that's just something that, Again, we, you need to look at here, right, to know that, again, confident in my ability that God's given me is, is very different than being arrogant. Okay, and, and so, again, think about it, but again, will I use my gift for a humble, with a humble spirit? I will not evaluate myself, you know, higher than I should. The next thing is he tells us in verses 4 and 5 to use our gifts to promote unity. Okay, to use our gifts to promote unity. In fact, when you look through all the scripture, as you see kind of the number one purpose for our spiritual gifts, you know, 
outside of glorifying God, which is always, always the number one purpose, right? But the, the next one, closely behind it, is to glorify the church, is to build the church. And again, it, it's, it's not to, glor- to build up myself, right? It's because God, again, we talked about last week, God is an incredibly gracious God, right? And the, the more gracious lifestyle we live, the more we are like God, and, and God is pouring out all of the time. Uh, and so, again, it's not to glorify me, it's, it's to build up God's kingdom. And, and, and what is, is the most powerful thing that the church can do? It's be united in Christ. Okay, that's the most powerful the church ever is. In fact, you look back through the history of Scripture, and you see God saw that really quickly at the beginning of creation, right? I mean, look back and read the story of the Tower of Babel. And God realized how powerful unity is, right, in the human spirit. And, and, and we see that. In fact, it's so important that you go back to Jesus' last words right before he goes to the cross in John 17, in the Garden of Gethsemane. What does he pray for? He prays for unity among the believers, right? And, and unity is so incredibly powerful. And yet when we look at especially the American church today, is it is all kinds of disunified. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And so will we use our gifts to, to, to promote unity, not just in our congregation, not just the Oregon Trail, but, but unity in God's church, right? And, and, and what God is doing around the world. Again, Romans 12, 4, and 5, he says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. For we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Our number one purpose as a follower of Jesus in my talents and abilities is to glorify God. And, and the, the second one, which is like it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Where have we heard that before? Right, that's, yeah, right out of Jesus' mouth. That is, will, will I first, if I use my gifts for the humble spirit, then will I use my gifts to promote unity? Because we aren't the same, which is why we need each other. Because we're not the same. And but yet, because we are not the same, that's also what can bring conflict, right? Well, they don't do it the way I think they should do it. Maybe that's a good thing. We each have a role and a job to accomplish within God's church. To build up his church, because the church is God's plan to save the world. Are we using our gifts to promote unity? Again, will we always agree with every person? No, because we're not the same. We have different gifts. We have different personalities, right? But, but what will unite us is Christ, that we're all moving in the same direction in, in our faith. More like Christ tomorrow than we are today. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, and again, Ephesians is a lot about the church. Okay, he says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Again, we see the same thing in Ephesians that we see in Romans, right? Is that, again, what what is the goal, right, of the church is to be unified, and then, what is the standard we compare ourselves to? Christ. So we use our gifts with a humble spirit. We use our gifts 
to promote unity. And then the, the third one I want to point out that he tells us in Romans is to use our gifts to show love and respect. Okay, to show love and respect. Are we going to use our gifts to show love and to, to show respect to, to God first and then to others? Uh, Romans 12, 9, and 10, it says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. These are great verses. <laughs> because, because there's really no, no other way to interpret that, is it? Right? I mean, the other reason he has to write that is because they were faking it. I mean, again, don't pretend to love others, because I know you are. Don't do that. Like, actually do it. Like, do it all the way. Don't cut corners. Like, really love them. Like, love each other. In fact, take delight in honoring each other. Again, when we, we think about that, right? I mean, obviously love is, is the pretty obvious part, right? But the genuine part is the key to this verse, <laughs> Again, and then he says to honor each other. That's about, you know, respecting each other, right? I mean, again, love and respect. Honor each other. And, and I would say is that there is a way to honor people that you disagree with. Again, kind of like when you look at, you know, the difference between confidence and arrogance, right? There, there's a, there's a, also a very fine line in, in disagreement and honoring, right? And, and it absolutely is possible to disagree with somebody who has a different personality than you, or has a different gifting set than you, right, or a different interpretation than you, you can disagree and still honor them and still respect them. Right? And yet, so many times, and we see, again, that's just one of the things that our culture has grabbed onto and just created a lie in our culture, right, is that if I disagree with you, that I, I, that I hate you. And that is just absolutely a lie. Right? And, and yet, we see, again, the scriptures talks to it about over and over and over again. Right? You can disagree with somebody without dishonoring them. Or if you have an ability that somebody else doesn't have, then help them with it. Right? But again, there's a way to help people with something they don't know how to do without making them feel stupid. Again, you can come along them, right, and go along with them and not just be like, oh, you, know, you don't know how to do that. You're, you know, again, that, that's, that's the wrong heart condition, right? It's the wrong perspective. You can't help somebody with something they don't know how to do without making them feel stupid. Again, am I going to, to use my gifts, right, to promote love and respect, right, and, and that we can all again, move together forward in our faith journey to be more and more like Christ because we need each other. And there's incredible power in unity. But as we look at, at all of this, right, and, and our talents and abilities, God made you on purpose for a purpose. God loves you exactly the way you are, with the personality you have, with the giftings you have, with whatever God's put in front of you to fulfill. Then do it on purpose. Fulfill it all the way. And you will never feel more alive than when you do that. And, and when, when we, we know that and we realize that and we do that, right, I want to just end with my final thought this morning, which is just one last word of advice from Romans chapter 12, it's Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. When it comes to our talents and abilities, right, to do them on purpose means that we need to do it all the way, and we need to move forward in our faith 
right? It starts with us, again, honoring God first and helping others. I mean, all the things we talked about today. But guess what? The, the probably biggest temptation right now is just, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord. And again, I'll say it again. There's a really fine line between lazy and rest, right? You need rest, right? But don't be lazy. As you think about this, again, I just encourage you in your life and in your faith, again, to, to move closer to Christ today. And whatever you're at in your journey, if, you, if this next step you need to take is just joining the journey of faith, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, then take that step today. Right? That's where it starts. If, if you are a believer in Jesus, then say, are you doing life on purpose, especially with your talents and your abilities? Right? Whatever God needs you to do in your faith and in your life, I hope that you'll commit to taking that step. God, we thank you that you love us exactly the way we are, the way that you made us, on purpose and for a purpose. And God, we see the evidence of you all over our life. God, we see the evidence of you all over our world. And I pray, God, that you will help that to always be our focus. Lord, not on the struggle, not on the evil in the world, not on, not on the ways that, that, that aren't honoring to you, but, Lord, that we would always look to you. God, that we would compare ourselves to you again and see, Lord, as we continue to move closer to you, that you will continue to transform us, Lord, and change us and be more like you. God, I thank you for the talents and abilities and personalities that you've given each of us. And I pray that as your church, God, we will live into that 100%. And we will bring glory to you and help you spread the gospel. Lord, that we will show this world who you are. Lord, by the way we live our lives on purpose. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for transforming us. And God, as we go this week, I pray, God, that you would use us, God, for your glory and to build your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. Guide us as we go this week as we live out our faith every day. In Jesus' name.